You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about the ways our reading tastes change over time and what you should do about it. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just finished a book. This is an author I pre-order because... um. He writes some of my favorite sci-fi. They're always books that always end up on my top. I think year. I know exactly it's what upgrade by Blake by Crouch. Blake Crouch. Yeah. <laughs> and because here's the thing, I always end up talking about his books to people where I'm like, I start to like they have these philosophical questions in them that I bring up in conversation and I am like, I'm reading this book, like what do you think about this? What what do you think is the answer here? So essentially, this book, it's about this guy who his mother, basically, they're living in a time in which you can make change to genetics, right? And you can make it in within a person already living. So you can change someone's genetics, you can change animal genetics or, or whatever. And there's this guy and his mother did something that changed the genetics of, um oh, like some sort of pest or uh, insect. And it caused a massive it was supposed to improve this um, uh, uh, crop yield. This is not very interesting, but I'm telling you what is happening in the background. It's supposed to improve this crop <laughs> yield, but instead it caused a huge famine and killed like millions of people. Oh, so wow. he was there when it happened and he spent some time in prison for that. And then his mother dies uh, or commits suicide. And um, then he gets out and he works to help like stop people who are trying to change genomes illegally. And then he goes into this place and there's an explosion there and then he notices some changes in his body. And what he realizes is that his body is improving. And in the explosion, things got into his genome that made him um, improve. He needs less sleep. He can think more clearly. He has He's immune to disease. Um, uh, it makes him like super smart. He remembers every single thing that ever happened to him. Again, it's a memory thing. <laughs> it's another Bria memory book. And he realizes that this is happening for a reason. Someone set this, set him up and he's probably not the only one. And it asks a bunch of questions about humanity and basically what are the worst problems facing humanity and like what we can do about them. And is there an answer within our genomes? Um, wow. And... It was great. I read it very quickly. I read it in like three days because I was just so fascinated by it. Um, uh, what are you reading, Molly? I am reading a book that I have had for a while. I, I think it came out a couple of years ago. Do you ever like get a, a big buzzy book and you like get it and you're like, oh, I can't wait to read it. And then you just never get around to it. Sure. Yes, always. Yes. This is one of those books. It's Lobizona by Romina Garber. And it is, I mean, I, I got the bitch I got to it was werewolves fighting ice. And Ooh. I was like, wow, sold. All I need. Done. Oh, ice like, uh, uh, it, like, like not ice like the uh, element. Ice like no, the ice organization. Like the very, <laughs> a very crappy government or- yeah, got organization. Yeah, got it. Got it, okay. Um, basically, it's about this young girl, and um, she is undocumented. So she lives, um, she lives in Miami, and she lives in this apartment building with her mom and her grandmother, and she doesn't leave the apartment building because she is undocumented. And, like, I th- the, the book opens up, and like trigger warnings um, for for this stuff. But the book opens up with an ice raid that happens on another apartment in their building. And like, there's a lot of fear and dread. But once a month, whenever she gets her period, it is so intense that her mom and her grandmother like knock her out with drugs for three days. Oh my God. And this, when she open, when she wakes up from her latest period, um, she starts to notice different interesting things about her. Like she can smell 
you know, extremely well. Her ears are getting a little more pointy. Um, and um, try not to spoil too much, but basically some bad things happen to her mom and her grandmother, and she's kind of left on her own. And because she's undocumented, she doesn't really know what to do, and she doesn't have anybody to help her. Um, only thing that she has is she has this uh, emblem that has a Z on it, and she uh, starts to investigate, and it leads her to this sort of, like, secret world um, uh, that's connected to her her father, who had, was previously out of the picture. Um, it's got a lot of Argentinian folklore in it, and a lot of um, brujas and werewolf stuff, and basically she finds a world where the increasing weird changes in her body, she actually belongs, and it, uh, is traced back to these curses and more Argentinian folklore and um, all this like cool, if you love a secret world with oh. like werewolves and witches and magic and stuff, uh, this is a great book for you. It's written really beautifully. It's uh, The characters are great. I, I love it so far. One of those books and I'm kicking myself that I hadn't read it yet. So that's Lobazona by Romina Garber. When, when did it come out? 2020. Okay. okay. And mine is Upgrade by Blake Crouch. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Brittany wrote in to say, I was just listening to episode 243 and around the 21 minute mark, Mallory was explaining that there was a book with a really cool haunted house on the cover and she's checked it out multiple times, forgetting she didn't like it. I remember this book. Mm -hmm. I remember this episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And I literally laughed out loud. I did the exact same thing. The book was the origin story of my current tagging system on Libby um, for books that fall under the weirdly specific category of having an intriguing cover and is in my wheelhouse, but I checked it out and it wasn't for me. I tagged it as dragon plus kiwi which equals dragon fruit Uh um every time i see a dragon fruit they look so yummy i buy one forgetting that i've already tried them and they aren't for me (laughs) (laughs) incredible i laughed so hard when we got this this is genius um Brittany says, if I tag it this way when I'm searching in Libby, I can scroll past and not waste any more time on it. Mm-hmm. My other tags I use to separate my wheelhouses. There's a check mark for already read, a mirror for autobiography and memoir, mm-hmm. a scroll for history, a candle for classics, a detective for Agatha Christie, a B for BBB or Big Buzzy Books. I like that. <laughs> Um, a helix for twisty thrillers, um, a pumpkin for October reads, gothic haunted house, ghost, spooky, etc. This yeah. is really smart. I yeah. like this. I might have to steal this so I don't check that book out again. Label it dragon fruit. Is it a dragon fruit? Is it not for you? That's very funny. <laughs> I, I think we should kind of steal that term. It's like a, a dragon fruit is a book that is in your wheelhouse, but you don't like it. Mine would be a fig because I always buy figs thinking, I'm going to love this. Oh, I love figs. And then I'm Mine like, oh, be... I dislike a fig. I don't, it's not I would for be me. mangoes. Oh, I always mangoes. think I'm going to oh, like a mango and I don't mm. like a mango. Oh, I do love them. Um, Michelle wrote in, love the podcast. I just finished episode 253 and immediately made me think about an important tip in my own journey to expand my genre comfort zone. Let go of any preconceived notion you have about that genre. When I was growing up, the message was clear. Romance novels were lesser literature, scandalous, and embarrassing. It was not until I started working at a library and I listened to how passionate staff were about their favorite romance novels that I decided to give the genre a try. The staff were were essential in helping me navigate the genre so I could find what I liked and address content warnings. Now, I love the genre. I'm about to start my last semester of school to become a librarian. Uh, so I'm looking forward to helping someone find their next favorite genre too I think it's more of a woo 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 yeah yeah that's a good librarian I don't know why I'm I'm dictating what (laughs) except librarians wouldn't like noises because they (laughs) they want everything to be quiet (laughs) a librarian um, and Michelle's wheelhouse is necromancers with a heart of gold surprisingly there's a lot of things in that category um 
Cinnamon roll <laughs> male leads? Yeah, that's when my, like, my boyfriend Jeremy is a cinnamon roll. It's someone who's just, like, extremely wholesome and good. Oh, cinnamon roll male leads. Cinnamon roll. Okay, cute. Um, Grumpy slash sunshine dynamic. Space operas. Horror where the dog lives. Thank you. And Han Solo-like characters. Love this. Great wheelhouse. Quick bookmark from Bria. Um, quick bookmark for me. Um, I am going to be in England also. Mallory's there, I think, as this comes out. I will be in England for a festival called Fright Fest. And if you haven't seen my movie, which I think you haven't, if you live in the UK because it has not come out there, um, I believe we are screening on the 27th of August. Go look it up. Um, Fright Fest. You can go and get a ticket. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to come and hang out. You know, um, it will be very exciting. I'll be super jet lagged. And um, we'd love to see some glasser faces there if you want to come see my movie. Hell yeah. So before we talk about how our reading tastes change over time, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. What's Green Chef? It is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. And they are now owned by HelloFresh, who we've worked with in the past. And that means there's a wider array of meal plans to choose from, and there's something for everyone. Brie and I love switching between the brands. Uh, you can enjoy both brands, uh, which is fantastic, depending on what you're, you feel like eating that week. And what does Green Chef have to offer you? They've got time-saving recipes. They're packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors, and they give you more opportunities to get outside and make the most of the sunny days before summer's end. Summer is coming to a close, and as excited as I am for Halloween season, I do love summer, and I love all of the awesome fresh food that you get during the summer, but I don't like cooking it. If you listen to the show, you know I have a very hard time with food and cooking, but Green Chef makes things extremely easy. They have pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices, so it means that you get chef-curated flavor in much less time. I mean, I sometimes have the time to cook. I just don't have the... The, the gumption. <laughs> I'm really bad at figuring out what to pick out for recipes. And then once you pick out a recipe, which takes forever, you have to figure out the things that you need and you always end up having to run to the store. That's why Bria and I love Green Chef because they send you everything that you need. And there's tons of options. There's 24 recipes every week that you get to choose from and the option to mix and match meals from different preferences. So maybe you want one vegan meal and one keto meal and one gluten-free meal. It's really fantastic. Doesn't matter what type of um, diet you're trying, food restrictions you have, Green Chef is just really uh, fantastic for, for any kind of meal that you want to have. Both Brie and I love Green Chef. We are people who don't eat meat and have a lot of dietary restrictions, so it can be really tough to find great recipes. And Green Chef makes it so easy to eat really well and eat deliciously. So right now you can go to greenchef.com slash glasses135 and use code glasses135 to get $135 off across five boxes. That is not a, what is the audio equivalent of a typo? I don't know. That's not a mistake. <laughs> it's $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. So that's greenchef.com slash glasses135 and code glasses135 to get $135 off across five boxes. Greenchef.com slash glasses135. And that means that you get your first box shipped free. Fantastic. Greenchef.com slash glasses135 and code glasses135. Glasses. Hey, it's John Moe, host of Depression Mode, a podcast about people's mental health journeys. Guess who we got? 
Guess who? It's Jamie Lee Curtis. I look at life now as the game of guess who, which is simply the process of elimination. I know what I don't like. That's how I found out who I am. Jamie Lee Curtis on addiction, show business, and fooling people, all on Depression Mode from Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. It happens to every reader. Your taste in books changes over time. Maybe there's a genre that you used to love and now it bores you. Maybe there's a genre you used to avoid and now you can't get enough of it. How do you cope and how do you figure out your reading identity and find new things to read? Bria, I'm not even going to ask you if this happens to you because I know it happens to all of us. Instead, I'll ask you how your reading tastes have changed since you first became a reader. Well, that, I mean... Yes. So yeah, they've definitely changed since like kindergarten. Um, (laughs) But I think there are times like I'm just thinking more recently, more recently, I've noticed I noticed it probably more clearly than when I was like, you know, in sixth grade, where obviously like I didn't keep track of my reading. And I I mean, in high school, I definitely was more into like classics and um, uh, and then yeah, I mean, obviously, they've changed over time. But basically, what happens, I think is that I, I get to a point where I go, ooh, I think I've read enough of this genre for a while. Like, there are genres mm. I never tire of, but there are ones where I'm like, okay, like, I don't even know if I need another entry in this world for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And my tastes change fairly often. Like, I it, I think it's, uh, it's funny because you and I have actually, I think, switched quite a bit since we started doing the show. Because I, I used think to we read, have. <laughs> I used to read more YA when we started, and now I find I don't read as much of it. I think I've, I read a lot of it and kind of was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, like, I've read a lot of this genre. And now you're reading a lot of YA and middle grade, which is really interesting. So I think we've done, like, a swap in some ways. I also find that lately um, I used to, maybe when we started the show, I read more fantasy. And I am and I just find I'm reading maybe a f- couple of fantasies a year, if that, sometimes not even. Uh, but when we started, I read a lot more. So, so yeah, I would say, like, it's changed since we started doing the show, which is only, which has been like, what, five years, something like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we just had our last sh- last month was our five year anniversary. So wow, look at us. Happy. Interesting. See, we are in kindergarten, little kindergarten <laughs> readers. Interesting to see how our tastes have shifted just from then, like yeah. from the inception of reading glasses. Yeah, yeah. And you always have as well? Yeah, I think it happens to me every couple of years. Um, starting when I was in my late teens, I, I think every year or so, every year or two, I experienced some sort of reading taste shift. Mm. Usually it's like a genre or a type of book that I previously didn't bother with much. And I'm like, oh, suddenly I want to want to read a bunch of that. And then I kind of drop another genre that I, that I normally read a lot of. Um, I think... The biggest one recently was, like you said, a few months after the pandemic started, I became ravenous for YA. Yeah, you did. And before that, I barely read any, and now I'm reading at least two to three a month. I think because I started, um, when the pandemic started is when I became obsessed with um, A.S. King. Yeah. I had read a couple of her books before that, but I read um, Please Ignore Vera Dietz, and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, YA is amazing. And I bought literally her entire bibliography every book that she's ever written and then I just got really ravenous for it now I like I still two years later um like love reading it and and read it pretty often um and we will we will say it's totally normal this is like a normal reader thing 
um, a big part of it is just life happens. Maybe you had a kid and now you can't read books with like kids on dangerous adventures. Sure. We know a lot of parents who were like, oh my God, it's totally changed my, my taste in books. I can't read any kid on a dangerous adventure, mm-hmm. cannot handle it anymore. Maybe you're in grad school and you only want to read light, fluffy stuff where before you read like big honkers. Maybe you went through like a bad breakup and you don't want to read romance anymore for a long time where previously you'd like read a ton of it. You know, uh, it, it, it happens and sometimes it doesn't even need a life shift but the big thing is once you realize your tastes have shifted what do you do about it um well I usually notice it's happening because I'm like I start avoiding these certain kinds of books and I'm like oh these are just feeling tropey like they start to feel like Mm -hmm. I've read this before and I find that I am going towards new kinds of books or books that I haven't read in the past like for example, I I I think the thing I I would just I go to different kinds of books and especially new genres of books. I think like you, like I start getting drawn to new genres more than the genres I've been drawn to in the past. Like for example, the glassers have opened me up to romance novels, you know. And so I'm, I was going to say that I think that's something that's happened to both of us is we both read a lot more romance than we mm-hmm. did when we first started this show. Yeah, and I'm way more likely to pick up a romance than a fantasy book at this point. Like I think that that is that has been a big shift for me, and I think I just. You know, I lean into it. I just am like, I realize, I think it's important to acknowledge what's happening. Like, oh, it's not that I don't like reading. It's that this genre that I used to define myself by, that I was like, I am the YA hero of the world or whatever, now may not speak to you as much for whatever reason. And that's fine. Um, And figure out that there's something else that's going to speak to you a little bit more. And that's cool. I think it's just important to recognize it, plant a flag in it, and realize that maybe it's time for you to... Switch it up a little bit to keep your reading fun. Keep it fresh, you know? <laughs> it's like a relationship. You know, it's like it, they tell you, say. like, you know, you got to keep things fun and fresh or else otherwise it's going to get old and stale. And if you've read, you know, ma- look, if you have read 400 books that take place on the ocean and you still want more ocean books, fine. You know, Godspeed. That's great. But I, if you are a person who've read, you've read 400 books that take place on the ocean and you're really craving dry land right now, then I think that you, like, <laughs> you can make that switch. Like, recognize that that is what's happening in your brain. It's not that you're tired of reading. Um, oh, how I dread the day where I don't want to read a haunted house book anymore. Uh, I don't know if that will It's probably going to happen at some point, but man, that's going to be a sad day for me. <laughs> yeah. What do you do about it? Not haunted house. Obviously, well, that mean, has not I, happened. But. Uh, it has has not happened yet, thank goodness. But it has happened with other things. And honestly, I find that sometimes it, when I'm in a prolonged reading slump, that means that I'm in the middle of my book taste shifting. Ah. You, know, and you just can't find anything that speaks to you. It's Normally, it's because the things that normally speak to me aren't for me anymore and I should try something new a new genre a new like age range etc I you know I do the same thing I lean into it I actually like the feeling um I can usually tell because I'll read something I don't normally and I'll be shocked by how much I love it I'm like oh my god this is amazing and I love I kind of love that feeling of going wow that's new and I want to read more of that you know I love a new obsession that's Mm -hmm. like my Oh, I love an obsession. <laughs> Mallory <laughs> loves to like, go get all the equipment for the obsession to oh, dive headfirst in. Yeah. And then and I was get just it tattooed say, I love on her body. making a giant, giant bookshop.org order <laughs> yeah. from this new genre that I love. Um, I think that's what I did when I got into middle grade horror a few, uh, I think it was three years ago is when I got into it. And I like immediately went to a bookstore and bought like, you know, 10 middle grade horror books I love it um and that's honestly why I I like to update my wheelhouse every year to see what's grabbing my attention lately um like once a year or so I write it down I'm like okay well what are the things that 
or like are really doing it for me. I added New England books to mm, that recently. Mm-hmm. I added grief books to it recently because mm-hmm. for some reason I was like, man, why do I love books that, that uh, like ha- have a protagonist that is grieving? Do not know why, but you know what? It's doing it for me. So now I know to like keep an eye out for books where something terrible has happened to oh, somebody. <laughs> um, but the thing is, Sometimes, like I was just saying, you know, I'll be very sad the day that the haunted house books aren't doing it for me anymore. What do you do if you want your taste to shift back? What if there's a type of book that you used to love and you're just not into it anymore and it makes you sad? I think if you if you love it, you got to let it go, you know, and if it comes back, you know, it's meant to be (laughs) (laughs) like a. I don't know what that saying is about. I think it's relationships, whatever. We all change over time and it's important for your growth as a human to recognize that you're going to change. You're not the same person you were a year ago. You're not the same person you were when you started reading. Just like you were not still reading the books you read at, in eighth grade, you're not reading the same books now. And I think that's that's great. There's nothing wrong with you. And most importantly, there's nothing wrong with that genre. Like, I think it's important to recognize that. No, I think you're totally right. I think there's a, the urge to be like, oh, this genre is dead. There's nothing interesting. All the authors are bad. Nope, it's probably just you. <laughs> it is probably you. And... Think about it like this. Here's the greatest thing. You can not read that genre for a few years, however long, and then you can, in like five years, three years, one year, whatever, you can go back and be like, oh, all these new books have come out in this genre that I haven't been reading, and people have already vetted them. And so they can tell you which (laughs) books you should actually read from that genre. You can always go back to that genre. And that's key. Like, I think sometimes we're so stubborn about our wheelhouses or really dig in it's like when people are in a bad relationship and then they they get married and you're like, why did you dig in? You should have left, you know? And like, yeah. I, or like, they're like, you know what will help? Having a baby. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't have a baby with this book, uh, this book type. <laughs> Instead, just know that it's going to be there. It's not going anywhere. And, and, you know, there's no judgment about it. Like, I still think YA books are great. I still like them. I just have not been reading them as much. And that's okay. It's just maybe some sort of change in me. It has nothing to do with the genre itself. Yeah, I can't force it. I th- Like, the best example for my own reading life is for, like, a decade now. I have missed my obsessive love of fantasy s- series that I used to have. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in middle school and high school and in my early years of college, I was nuts about fantasy. Just like loved super long fantasy series. I was like, oh, 30 books? Sign me up. Like mm-hmm. absolutely was obsessed with it. And I, um, and then I just met, like, I think it was like my early 20s. I just kind of lost it and I would try and I would feel like I was forcing it. And it would just make me more frustrated and made me think like, I went through the same thing. I was like, oh, isn't fantasy not good anymore? I was like, no, I just wasn't. I burnt myself out on it and I dumped, ended up dumping so many books. I think it just has to come back around naturally. Um, and I think I might be close. I think I'm coming back. Um, <laughs> you know, I didn't read series for so long and T.L. Huchu's Library of the Dead got me back into it. And now I'm loving fantasy series mm, again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading the Mirror Visitor series. And just recently, I because I read the first one, I talked about it on the show. I loved it. I bought all the books. And it was the first time I had ever read two consecutive series books and like I read the second one I loved it so much I just picked up the next one and I haven't done that probably since college wow and it was so exciting for me I was like oh my god I feel like I'm back so I'm guessing what's gonna happen is one day I'll randomly pick up a high fantasy book with like swords and sorcery and I'll fall in love and I'll have that same experience that you said like I'll be like oh my god there's like a decade's worth of incredible fantasy books that I can read it's gonna be amazing for me it's always just best to follow along whatever is really doing it for me in the present instead Mm -hmm. of trying to force you know reading stuff that I think that I used to like like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's totally good advice. 
Uh, so you can send your thoughts on changing reading taste or reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we solve a bookish problem, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by our friends over at Dipsy. Are you feeling a little anxious and overwhelmed? These feelings can make it hard to shift gears and get in the mood. We understand. And with Dipsy, you can focus on just what makes you feel good. But what is Dipsy? It's an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter what you're into or what turns you on. Maybe you're looking for stories about someone with a British accent. Maybe you're looking for queer stories. Maybe you're looking for specific scenarios like hot yoga teachers or hot firefighters or maybe a hot firefighter that does yoga. Who knows? They've also got sleep stories. So if you're looking for less sexy, more relaxing, uh, they've got wellness sessions. They also offer written stories if you want to read them. They've really got you covered. We absolutely love Dipsy. We love the app. It's so well designed. It's really made by people who understand romance and erotica readers. So if you are a hardcore romance or erotica reader and you want to get more and you want to try out the audio versions, it's fantastic. But one of the reasons we love Dipsy is it's also fantastic if you have never experienced romance or erotica stories and you are very curious and you want to try it out this is perfect and it's extra perfect because you get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com glasses that means you can literally download this app try it out for free for a month and that means full access for a month so not like oh you get like three stories for a month no you get access to all of dipsy for a month what is there to lose Try it out. Go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's D-I-P-S-C-A stories.com slash glasses and try it out. You can listen to as many stories as you want, test out a bunch of stuff, and I really think that you're going to love it. We're huge Dipsy fans here. So go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. Well, Manolo... We have a show to promote. It's called Backdoor Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory and uh it's a nice break from reality <laughs> is that are we allowed to say that i don't know it sounds bad it comes with a 100 percent happiness guarantee it does not <laughs> come for the games and stay for the chaos Now let's solve a bookish problem and answer a recommendation request from a listener. Michael writes in, just recently found your podcast and binged to the first 30 episodes in a week. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Michael. Uh, Michael says, I love the horror genre and games and movies, though I get into it a lot more when it comes with good lore and doesn't rely on jump scares. I've had a hard time finding books in the horror genre that really do anything for me. I've tried a few Stephen King novels and some other authors I can't remember, and they never really got me scared. There were good stories, but didn't give me any fear that I wanted, even if I read them in the dark woods with nothing but a candlelight. Michael, if you really did yeah, this, what's happening? kudos. <laughs> Incredible. I love this. Um, Michael says, what are your recommendations 
recommendations for either increasing the spooky atmosphere before reading horror novels or any horror novels that per- you personally found really scary. Um, Michael, wow. I like I want I love the image of someone reading a horror novel in the middle of the woods with a candle. Yeah, that sounds honestly sounds distracting because it feels like you'd be in the woods and you'd hear a noise and you'd be I wouldn't be able to focus. It would be too hard. Can't, a, a single candle is also not a great book light. No, no. Yeah, we should review <laughs> a candle as a book light, but I, I feel like it would get low, <laughs> low page count. <laughs> um, what should what should uh, Michael do to up, up the scariness factor, Bria? Well, I was wondering, okay, Mallory one time went to a cabin in the middle of nowhere. And, oh, uh, and that's and when I read the twisted ones. What an idiot I am. I'm wondering if you could do something like that with like whatever you're reading or whatever scares you. Um, but I think being, look, if you read with a candle in the woods, then I don't know what else to tell you. But I think a cabin in the middle of nowhere at night is the scariest place you could possibly be by yourself. Um, waiting till night, turn those not- lights down low, diving in. I think it's about creating that atmosphere, but I really think it's probably about finding the right book for Michael. That's that's my opinion. If nothing is really scaring him. Um, what do you think, Mallory? I love this because it's the opposite of the problem we solved a little while ago yeah. about the person who wanted to read horror books but make them less scary. Yeah. I think these two need to be friends. Um, I think this... Michael wants to make his horror reading experience scarier. Um, so I think besides reading in a dark basement or out in the woods, um, I recommend putting on a spooky movie score. Mm. That is my top tip for this. This always, always works for me. So much of the atmospheric scariness of horror movies is sound-based, and people don't realize that, whether that's um, sound effects, sound design, the score. So much of it is what really creeps you out and puts your nerves on edge. Um, that's why, you know, they they could be so effective. For example, I listened to the Crimson Peak score, which I love when I read Sarah Gailey's new mm. book, Just Like Home, which is a haunted house book. It's going to be one of my favorite books of the year. Uh, and it made everything twice as scary, which is saying a lot because that's a, like at it's least a three book. chilly horror book for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really amped everything up. It just makes, it makes it feel more immersive. It makes things, um, it just makes everything pack a little bit more punch. So I think that's my recommendation for Michael. The Crimson Peak score is a great one to start with, but you could just Google, you know, if you don't have any uh, horror scores off the top of your head, just Google some Google classic horror movie score scores. And the, there's, there's, you know, a treasure trove of great ones. But so you said, you think it's the right book. What do you think Michael should read for this? Well, I think my this is the exact same advice we gave to the to the person who wrote in who wanted less scary books, but to read horror. Um, and I think I think you have to figure out what scares you because I do. I read a lot of Stephen King because I'm in a Stephen King book club, and I find most Stephen King is not that scary to me. Like I, I mean, no, it's very good. I like few. it, but like I, we just read Cujo, and I was like. It wasn't that scary. First of all, I already knew what was going to happen because I've seen Cujo and I've read Cujo. Um, I think that might be part of it is that Stephen King is so famous and his books are such a huge part of the cultural, you know, tapestry of this country that you already know what's going to happen. So that takes the rug out from under a lot of the horror. Yeah, and I think a lot of horror is not necessarily, it gets branded horror, but it's not necessarily like scary, scary. So I think it's about finding the thing that you find actually scary. I'm going to recommend My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix, one that we like to recommend. We used to recommend all the time. And now I feel like we took a break. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing exorcisms back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It is one of the scariest books I've ever read. Um, But I think it's because I find teen girls and demons scary. Those are two things that I find horrifyingly scary. 
if teen girls and demons are not scary to you, you may want to pick up a different book. But I do think this one is very scary. I was just hanging out with a bunch of horror filmmakers and everyone was talking about how scary this one was. So I feel like if the horror filmmakers also think it's scary, then um, uh, that that's a good sign. Uh, what do you have for Michael? You know I'm going to bring out a Haunted House book. Oh, Sorry, yeah, Michael. If you don't find Haunted House is scary, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> one of my favorite recommendations, because uh, we, I feel like we get this similar questions. People are always looking for a really scary book. Um, uh, one that I don't talk about as much. You know, I, I could have brought up The Red Tree by Kaylin Kiernan, but I, I feel like I need to retire that book because I recommend it so much. So I'm going to recommend The Elementals by Michael McDowell, which is a great book to read right now because it takes place in the summer at a beach house. Great summer read. And yep, it's a haunted beach house. And yep, you guessed it. It's about a rich family who just went through a big tragedy and they're grieving. So they decide to fix their problems by going away to this summer beach house, which always works. Um, so in this in this story, there's these three old Victorian houses on the beach. And one of them, uh, the one that is next door to the, where the family is staying, is uninhabitable. Like it is being slowly overtaken by this like sand dune. Um, it's really creepy, but just because it's uninhabitable doesn't mean that nothing lives there. Mm. It's mm. really real. There are several moments in this book that are really, truly terrifying. So I would get this book, get the score to some kind of haunted house film, put it on, read it at night. Um, I don't know if you can be alone and what your life situation is, but definitely like read it as alone as you can, as, as dark as you can get it. I don't know. Maybe you work nights and you can't read at night. Who knows? But as dark as possible with the spookiest score you can find. Um, for me personally, this is a very terrifying book. Four chilies for say, sure. And I think Michael should also check out some true crime. Oh, because that's real scary. I think maybe, maybe sometimes like ghost stuff is not that scary to me because I'm like, I mean, they're, they're ghosts. I don't, I don't believe in them. So like, I'm like, I, it's hard for me to be scared of something that's Bria, not I real. Love, I know you've been in so many horror movies, but God, I would love to see you real life in like a, a spooky situation. And you're just like, it's fine. Ghosts I mean, don't exist. It is. Yeah. It's hard. It, it, it's, uh, it, it's very hard. I was talking to someone the other day who was like, I can't believe you don't believe in ghosts. You make horror movies. And I was like, I'm not, and then my, I was telling my friend that who's a comedian and he was like, well, you don't make ghost propaganda. You may make- <laughs> <laughs> like, vote ghost. <laughs> um, uh, so, but I will say, true crime books I can't read because they find them too scary. Because I'm like, the real scare, scary thing in the world is humans. Humans are yeah. scary. Um, so I don't know. Check out some like, you know, uh, um, very dark true crime books. I think that could also really be something that could scare Michael. You know, it is funny. Whenever you look on like lists of scariest books, it's always like a bunch of Stephen King and then I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Which is a very <laughs> scary book. And honestly, I had trouble finishing. So uh, that that is one of the scariest books yeah. I've ever read. So I Remember think that I, I, that I listened out. to that audiobook while I was in the shower? Oh my God, like, why? What is wrong I with know. me? Oh my God. <laughs> wild too scary well michael try these books try our suggestions please uh write back in because we'd love to know if this helps you at all other than that i mean i don't i don't know what what else to help with michael but i think you're right i think you need to find what scares you read these books put on a spooky score i don't i don't think you need to go out in the middle of the woods i think that's just a very inconvenient thing to do Sure. Every every night you're like, oh, I gotta tromp out into the, into the dark <laughs> pit in, in the in the woods behind my house so I can read. I think uh, there's 
hopefully easier ways for for you to get scared. Um, and if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Christy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, there's all kinds of cool stuff in our Void merch store, totes and shirts of different colors and sizes and fabrics, uh, stickers, mugs, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and when you buy that stuff, it directly supports us. We just got our, uh, our, our payment from that for the month and it helped us pay some bills. So we mm-hmm. really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to do something for us for free, uh, rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Remember the way to do it is do it on the app on your phone, not on the, uh, on a browser. Uh, it'll take you less than a minute and it will really be a huge help for us. You can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading